0: to the Go and Tell Gals podcast, and I'm your host, Jess Connolly. On each episode, I'll have a guest who will give us a peek into what it looks like for her to run on mission in her everyday life. Our prayer is that it leaves you encouraged and spurred on to go and tell the good news right where you're at. Friends, hold on to your hats. Today's interview is with my dear friend, Michelle McKinney. Michelle is a coach. She's a philanthropist. She's a wife. She's a mother. She is a woman on mission. Since I met her years ago, I have watched her let her life, her days, her hours, her finances, her gifts be wrung out for the glory of God. She has such a beautiful perspective. She has such a beautiful story, and I'm so excited for you to hear a snippet of it today. Get ready to be encouraged and get ready to be excited to do whatever God has asked you to do the way Michelle is so obviously pursuing him and answering his call with obedience. Y'all. She is a woman full of wisdom. She is exciting. She makes me want to do things for the Lord. Every time I talk to her, I am left encouraged, inspired, excited, and I know that you are going to be too. Michelle, thank you so much for being here today.
1: Oh my gosh, I am so excited. I've been counting down the days waiting for this. I'm just like just pumped to talk to you. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Every time we get to talk, I am
0: like... What do you want us to do together, God? I just, I want to like live in your house and I don't know. I'll move down your way. How about that? Okay. 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 Maybe cool. we can be in the middle. I don't know. The beach is here. So, I mean, you know.
1: I, my husband is sold when you said beach.
0: <laughs> I love it. Okay. I'm going to jump right in because I yeah. love what you do. I love what your life looks like. There are so many things I want to just really specifically ask to ask about, but um, tell us what it looks like right now in this season of Michelle's life. What does it look like for you to go and tell? What does mission look like?
1: Oh my gosh. Mission is exciting and it's scary all at the same time. It's like being on that roller coaster. You know, the ups and the downs are getting ready to come and you don't know how you're going to feel and your stomach's going to drop, but it feels so good and so exhilarating to be on the ride of your life. That is literally what mission is like for me right now.
0: Uh, yes. Amen. I've, I mm-hmm. would sign on that. All right. Tell <laughs> us about what your day-to-day life looks like, what your job looks like, what you do. I, I want to fill in some blanks of things I've seen you doing that I just think are so beautiful, but you you tell us in your own words.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So um, I, I am the founder and Dream Architect is a title that I use for a company that I started officially about three years ago called Dreams Unleashed. Um, I have been doing women's groups and facilitating things for a ad- I can't even tell you how long, um, but I mean it very formal and basically Dreams Unleashed. What we do is we help women to discover, define and confidently live out their God given dreams and confidently does not mean that I'm going fearless. It means sometimes that I feel the fear and I do it anyway. And the way that that looks on a day to day basis for me is most of my time is spent coaching women on a one on one basis. I do that typically Monday through Wednesday and I take a break Thursday and Friday from coaching because when you are coaching, you are pouring out so much. And so I use Thursday and Friday for refill days and connections and administration and all those kinds of things. Um, outside of the one-on-one coaching, I also do group coaching typically on Wednesdays when I have a cycle of women going through group coaching though. So that happens usually Wednesday nights in person. And then on the weekends, that is typically, um, especially like this season of time, it's conference season for a lot of women's ministries and groups and nonprofits, things like that. And so the weekends can be spent doing conferences and all those kinds of things, which I love just as much. So that's what it looks like right now.
0: I love it. I love it. And you got, you. you got a handful of kids.
1: I do. You I have three or four? We have four. So okay. we have total four. Two I gave birth to, one through adoption. And then the fourth is my husband had a son prior to us getting married. So we are a blended family. I tend not to use the term step for, you know, parenting or stepmom. Okay. Yeah. I want
0: to I wanna touch on something that I saw happen in your life, in your mission a little bit ago online yeah. that you were not super loud about. And I think you were intentionally not very loud about, but the car that you- <gasps> yeah. <laughs> tell about that I want to tell like how it happened how it came I mean I want to hear I want to mm-hmm. hear this stuff that maybe you couldn't share online which I mean you you probably still can't share yeah. it it, but tell yeah. women about that because it maybe might have been the favorite, my favorite thing I've seen happen this year. Oh, yay. yeah, 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 yay.
1: Okay, so for those who are not familiar with Southeast D.C. in the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area, I actually grew up in, I was born, rather, in Southeast D.C. and Southeast D.C. typically is not necessarily known for economic development in terms of families who are financially doing well. And so um, I remember growing up in that area and my dad at the time was an alcoholic and this is when my mom and my dad were both alive. They both died. Um, my mom died when I was turning five My dad died right around the time after I had my first. Um, and it was a really tough area. And so, um, the full circle moment, one of the gentlemen that I used to be his executive assistant, his name is Arnie Christensen. He and his family have been sowing seed financially into this particular school for years. And I really didn't understand the fullness of what they were doing. And so his wife um, reached out to me one day through email and said, Hey, you know, with the network of people that you have, there's a school that we've been supporting for a while and they are looking for great school teachers. And it would be great if you could reach out to your network and see if some." might be interested, but even better, it will be awesome if you came to the school to get a feel for what the DNA of the school is, the kids, the faculty, all of that. So I was like, absolutely. Anytime they ask me to do something, for the most part, I am totally on board because I know they're very thoughtful about the things that they do. Yeah. And so I went to the school and fell in love. Um, the kids who attend this school, it is a Christian um, private school. And in D.C., in this particular area, um, what the principal, his name is Principal Max, shared is that... They are one of the last five existing private schools in the D.C., Christian private schools in the area. Um, And so actually, I think they're down to four now because Christian private schools are often closing their doors because funding is really tough sometimes. Um, This particular school, however, the majority of the kids live at or below the poverty level. And in addition to that, most of the children do not live with their birth families. And so there's often somebody taking care of them Or they're in foster care or a lot of different really tough stories and so they come from really tough places and even coming to school every day you just have no idea what they went through the night before to even make it to school so the faculty there they really rally behind the the families and the kids there so one of the things I asked him when I um, came in is if we could clear the runway so that you guys could really focus on education what are the things that me and my network of friends could do I mean I don't have a huge um, I don't have a huge group of people that follow me online but I have enough that you know we could pull our resources and support either with our talents or our gifts or our finances or whatever it is that you need and one of the things that he talked about is just the day-to-day practical needs that families have things like food clothing shelter paying an electric bill here and there Mm -hmm. um, things like that so I said oh That's an easy ask. I am all on board. And so um, they sent me two profiles for two families. And so we went to work just trying to figure out how could we make this happen. And one of those profiles, this particular woman, she has been taking in kids into her care for a long time. Um, There is really not even a documented number of the amount of young people um, that she has allowed to come into her home to live. And she really fell on hard times and she lost her job. Her car had died. She was in jeopardy of losing her home, just everything. And it was one of those things where it's like, okay, God, you know, here I am, I'm being your hands and feet and you don't see me like right here losing it all. That's how it can feel for us when we're in those moments. And so my thought was, okay, well, based on the ask that they had, this, this is a big one, God, but I just have seen what you've done in my own life and making the impossible possible. I'm going to leave it to you. If I just put the ask out there for you to stir the hearts of the people that are within my network and let's buy her a car. And so I told the story as much as I could put it out on GoFundMe. And not only did we buy the car, there was actually probably about a little over a thousand dollars in cash that we were able to gift her also to be able to take the burden off. And so it was just a beautiful thing to see the community come together and support her in that way.
0: I love it. I mean, there's so many things I love about the story. Number 1, I want to highlight that you just said like I may not have the largest following, but I have enough. Come on.
1: Mm-hmm. Like, you come know on. what? That was actually a lesson that I learned from you, and I'm, I'm not saying it because you're on here. I've shared that with people before, years ago when you guys were a part of the Influence Network. I remember hearing you say over and over and over, it's not about your numbers; it's about being responsible and using the influence of what you have right now. Yeah. So whether you have ten people that are following you, or ten thousand, or five hundred, or whatever, you know, use that influence to be able to help something else. And so that is a lesson from you that I have. Specifically carried out and threaded through my life.
0: Well, thank you, God. I'm I am very grateful. I am telling you, that's beautiful. Number two, I want to highlight the fact that you just said, "Let's buy our car." Mm -hmm. Let's buy our car. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I mean, so many of the very wild, abundant, crazy things that God calls us to start with a crazy sentence like that.
1: You you have
0: to say like, it's okay. Let's say crazy things.
1: Let's buy her a car. Girl, well, look, let me tell you what's so crazy about that, that nobody else really knows about. So your audience is getting the download dip on that. Let's buy her a car. The crazy thing about some of the things that God will have us to do. They are things that we are praying for, for ourselves. I don't own a car. I do not. I have a strong desire to have my own car. My husband has a car, which is our car, but we have been a one car family for a really long time, which means there's a lot of negotiations. And because I am on the go so much and our kids are on the go so much, it is a lot. And I understand, you know, for her, um, just like it would mean for me that having a car brings access. And so sometimes there are things that I can't do, um, because we are working with one car. And so so this whole thing where God's like, I want you to do this. It is also him being like, but I haven't forgotten about you, right. but I need you to do this for me now. And so that's the part that, you know, you swallow and you know, you know that because he is a good father that mm-hmm. he has not forgotten about you. But right now he needs you to be his hands and feet to take care of somebody else in spite of what you desire right now too.
0: say it again. I am here Girl. for that. Okay. I love that. Also, yes, we function as a one-car family. We technically have two cars, but one of them is used by our church. Oh, uh, so, yeah, you're a one-car family. You know. know, we store all of the church stuff in it for Sunday mornings because we have a mobile uh-huh. church. So it's uh-huh. no, no one can physically ride in it. The person who uh-huh. can drive it can ride in it, and that's it. So, um, but, but for like 10 years of our life, we were a strictly one-car family. And now it's like, okay, if there was an emergency, someone could take the car with all the church gear in it. No kid could ride in it because we'd get arrested, but you know, if we really had to get just one person somewhere, we could, and I, we, I love it, but yeah, that's a juggle. That's a thing. Mm -hmm. And I I just love, right. That's the beautiful thing. Sometimes he calls us to obediently Mm -hmm. and wildly step into providing something for someone else that will change their life that we might not even have.
1: Absolutely. That we might not even
0: have. I love it. Okay. That's incredible. I, I am so glad you got to tell us that story. And that is mission saying like, what do mm-hmm. I have? What do I, mm-hmm. what can I give? What mm-hmm. can I bring other people into? Can you imagine? Not only everybody is going to imagine the joy that the woman who received the car felt everybody's going to imagine that,
1: but Absolute.
0: how many people across America got to share in it? Got yes. to like, Just get the joy of like that made their day today. Yes. I, helped buy, I helped buy a woman a car who really needed, Needed it hmm Wow. Mm-hmm. So good. I'm so thankful. I love that.
1: Thank you. Yeah, it was awesome.
0: Okay, tell me something hard about this season right now, running on mission. I want to keep the podcast mm-hmm. light and airy. You know, I'm like a fun girl. But I know so many mm-hmm. women are really struggling, and they're coming up girl. against, like, actual... Painful parts of ministry Mm -hmm. and mission and doing what God's asked them to do, whether that's motherhood or business or ministry. So I want this podcast to be a safe place Mm -hmm. where women can say like, here's how it's actually hard for me. And here's Mm -hmm. how God is meeting me in that heart. So tell us what that looks like for you.
1: Girl. All right. So look, so we'll light and airy, but we going to talk about the real cause Please, that's, that's yeah. the only way that I know that you do. So that's what yes. we'll do. So I have a canned response, but I also have a very transparent response. So on one side is like the toughest part is not having an assistant yet, but even that that's still not the character building part. It is in some ways. And that is teaching me to be very efficient and to streamline all those things. But the, the hardest thing, honestly, about this call, is, and I won't profess to be the Bible scholar. So you help me if I have the wrong person in the Bible. I
0: would not but... profess that either. So <laughs> we're safe. Now, if we, had, if we had my 11 year old son here, I would, we'd really have help a Bible us. scholar because I'm pretty sure he knows the Bible so much better than I do. Okay, we'll, we'll
1: tag team and we'll figure it out. <laughs> So for me in this season, it's sort of like Abraham and Isaac, right? I think, is that right? Isaac is his yeah, son. Yeah.
0: Uh,
1: and when you think about just the sacrifice and Abraham was asked has to sacrifice his son, right. And out of obedience, you know, and believing what God had told him, he got his son all the way to the altar. And it was God looking at his obedience all the way to that moment. And just right at that moment, God came in and rescued and said, this is what I want you to do instead. Right. Mm. And so he was looking for his obedience. And so what this call has been in the season, like last month, oh my gosh, it was tough financially. And it was to a place where it was like, are we going to be able to pay this mortgage or what's about to happen? Are we in a position where we might have to let this house go? Right. And that's the hard part. I think that people don't always talk about. They say that it's hard, but they don't necessarily give you the, what is the sacrifice going to cost you? And are you willing to pay it? And everybody's sacrifice will be different and your call to obedience will be different. But for me and my family and my husband, you know, during this season, this sacrifice was tough because we worked hard to be able to move into this house and to save and to to be able to build our family here. But financially, you know, clients don't always come at the rate and at the volume that you would like and speaking engagements, and things like that don't always flow at this sort of consistent pace, especially when you're starting out. Sure. And so, you know, just, you know, taking care of the day to day, the electric bill, the groceries, the, the things that your kids need for schools. My son is a senior this year and he has senior dues. None of those things stop just because I have this call from God on my life. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that ends up being the hard part is that, it will sometimes come to a place and everybody's thing looks different. It will sometimes come to a place where you have to ask yourself, how bad do you want it? Yeah. And are you willing to risk it all? And that was the question I think that Abraham had is, you know, this is that same child. You know, if we go back and think this is that same child that you were praying for, for like a long time, right? Yeah. Are you willing to risk it all for what you believe? And that ends up being the, the part about being on mission is that it's not going to be peaches and cream. And sometimes it may cost you more than you ever thought that you would have to pay, but then you have to ask yourself, are you willing? And at what level are you willing to risk? Especially when there are other people connected to that. Yes, as well.
0: I mean, I think you've just hit on something that's so important. And I, I wish, I wish I could sit with so many women, at the beginning of whatever it is that they might feel called to and, and ask that particular question. Like, you are going to find out so quickly if you are doing this for you or for the Lord, mm-hmm. when it, co- it, it will cost you so mm-hmm. much more
1: than, yes. than it will
0: ever give you. But mm-hmm. that's where the abundance will come in.
1: Absolutely. And, and I, that's what I found is that all of a sudden, you know, Opportunities start coming in government contracts and speaking engagements and more coaching calls right at the moment the same way that he rescued Isaac and rescued Abraham. He rescued me too. And so this is a consistent while this isn't just the one moment. This is a continued process.
0: Yeah. So good. I mean, I think like, right, let's talk about the finances. Let's say real things, Um, whatever it is. I mean, again, whatever it is that you feel called to, whatever, wherever God has placed you to use your gifts, to use your words, to use your talents, to use your time. There are just moments when let's take another Bible story about the Israelites, when it gets hard to live on manna, um, you know, my (laughs) husband and I lead a church here in, in Charleston and it is a small church and we are so thankful for the opportunities that God's brought us online and through publishing and other ways that he's continued to provide financially for us. But my husband in like just kind of brokenness sat down with me a month ago and he said, um, I God has consistently brought manna like he has consistently rescued us. Mm, I, mm-hmm. I just need to confess and say, I'm I'm tired of manna. Like and mm-hmm. I was like, okay, you get to say it out loud. <laughs> say it out loud. Say, man, say that you, he's just barely meeting your needs. And then mm-hmm. let's learn from the Israelites, you know. Like yeah. then let's remember and say, like, but he's our rescuer. But we didn't. Mm-hmm. We didn't start out. We didn't plan a church to get rich. But we're mm-hmm. not here on this earth to collect fancy lamps and nice rugs. Like mm-hmm. we cannot take those things with us. But when mm-hmm. we walk into eternity, we are going to be dragging behind us oh, wow. years and years and decades. I pray a faithful, quiet, mm-hmm. private service. Um, mm-hmm. And so I'm just so glad you're bringing that noise right in the beginning. Like, right. Let's let's say like just financially, mm-hmm. it's hard. It's Hello. It's hard to be obedient sometimes. And, mm-hmm. and the obedient thing is not always the wildly profitable thing.
1: Mm -mm. Not always. I I love that, that sometimes it is okay to say, I'm tired of manna just to get it out there. And then to be able to circle back to say, okay, God, now get me in the, in the, proper perspective, but I'm so grateful for a father who allows us to be transparent because the thing is, if you, if you feel it, he, he already knows it anyway. So you might as well at least be, and you know what I love about what you did though too, when I think about it is that if you at least say it with your mouth, right in a relationship with you and God and profess it, then it doesn't give Satan the opportunity to have a playground and allow it to sit and fester in your heart and grow into a place that will take you off of mission.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Okay. I want to ask you this. Tell me, are there any helpful tools, any small tips or tricks that you've learned that you've picked up along the way that help you do what God has asked you to do that, that women need to know? I mean, it can be big and beautiful. It can Mm -hmm. be spiritual or it can be like small and logistical, but it helps you do what he's asked you to do so much better.
1: Yes, it'll be tactical for me in terms of planning it because remember I said one of the hardest parts um, on one end is not having an assistant yet. And I keep putting that word yet out there because I believe that one will be coming. Right. So in the meantime, right. One tool that I use often is called Trello and it's like a project management sort of software, super cheap. Um, You can get a free version or you could pay like $5 a month for gold, or you can pay a little bit more if you want it for business. Right. And the deal with Trello is that because it's just me doing all of the business stuff from the Administration to marketing to contacts with clients, speaking, all that kind of stuff, right? You kind of as much as possible, you don't want things to fall through the cracks And so Trello for me ends up serving as an assistant because I'm able to create all these different boards I can just populate the task there or I can do it on my computer But it keeps all of that stuff. That's rumbling around in my head It gives it a place to go so that I can use that to do a check back and forth to see how that's working The second thing that's working really really well for me is that first of all, I love planners I love journals just like the next girl Like I have way too many, but I just have this affection for them, right? Well, recently um, I switched out using a official planner, so to speak, right? And so instead of using the official planner, what I do is I use my blank journals and I create a master task list um, that carries me for like a full week. So all the things that need to get done in the course of the week, because I'm looking at my overall big picture of where I'm looking to go. the next year the next five years and so I keep this master task list going and then I break it down by the week from there instead of what I used to do is I would look at my list and I would give something for every single day well sometimes I would over schedule it and then I would feel like a failure because I didn't get all the things checked off because I like checking things off my list and say "Yay, I got all things done instead of doing on a once a day basis I actually schedule out my tasks for two days and sometimes three days at a time and so that way it gives my gives me a bit of grace and even with those things I'm putting it in chronological order of do this first this is two this is three four five six all the way down sometimes to number 22 because as an entrepreneur I don't have somebody coming back to me saying hey did you do this assignment yet did you do that so that task list ends up acting as my boss so to speak to tell me what to do next
0: I love it I love Mm -hmm. it that is so good I love the idea of not making a one day to-do list but maybe two or three just like give yourself a minute
1: that's right
0: so good I love that okay we got some fun little spitfire questions to end our time off with (laughs) (laughs) one I don't know that I've ever heard you talk about this but do you care about the Enneagram and do you know your number I have not studied it yet okay that's all right That's good. It's good. You look into it and holler at me when you know. I will. I will. You got it. Okay. In the meantime, I want to like guess and try to see if I can figure out what you are. I'm going to think about it later. Yeah, yeah. Make sure you tell me. I'll have to like, yeah, I'll have to ruminate. Okay. Book you're currently reading or one you've just read.
1: Okay. So, I'm finishing up Imperfect Courage and I am gearing up for Michelle Obama's book that comes out in November. So, two really good reads.
0: I cannot wait for Michelle's book. I love Jessica's book and Jessica Hagner with the book mm-hmm. Imperfect Courage, but I cannot wait for Michelle's book. Oh my gosh, it's going down. Listen, my husband just told me last night he was like, so bad. I tried to get you tickets to her book tour and he couldn't. Are you going?
1: I am, and look, this is what I gonna tell you, if you could get up here to D.C., I'll boot my husband and put you in his seat. Listen,
0: that's <laughs> the one, that's the one Nick was trying to get me tickets for, but I have an event that time, that night, and he was like, I, he said he what? almost just bought them for me, and then he checked my calendar, and saw I have an event already.
1: Oh my gosh, like, well make sure you let me know if there are other dates in cities, because I will put it out to my network, because I know a lot of, uh, quite a few people bought an abundance of tickets, so they're not going to use.
0: Okay, okay, I will be doing that. Okay, coffee order
1: so okay so the starbucks girl here you know we working at starbucks yes
0: so <laughs> michelle used to work for corporate starbucks
1: yeah, and so you would think that I have like a thing for coffee. Um, I love Ethiopian coffee because my daughter's from Ethiopia, but I don't, when I go to Starbucks or I don't really order coffee, I actually order something that's called a medicine ball, right? Yeah. And what it is, it is so bomb. I actually have one right here. It. it is a full cup of lemonade, steam, lemonade steamed, two packets of honey, a peach tea bag, a mint tea bag, and you can optional two to three pumps of peppermint. It is like put like drinking a blanket. It's so incredible. People especially, love them. Yeah. Especially on days where you don't feel really well, but I just Drink them any day. So that's my favorite.
0: I love it. Okay. So, also, the other thing I should say Michelle's claim to fame in my house and how my husband, I mean, he will never forget who she is, is because when she worked at corporate Starbucks, she would send us coffee all the time. And it was, uh, you want to talk about manna. That's manna you don't get tired of. When you open your mail and you have abundance of Starbucks, and I would be like, oh God, thank you for Michelle. Oh, I love you. It was the best. It was the best. But I'm, I'm blessed that God called you out of there. But man, that was a good season for me. Not, yeah, girl.
1: <laughs> I love it. I love it.
0: Okay. Do you have a secret talent or do you wish you had a secret talent? I wish I did. Like literally, I
1: was thinking... I don't have one. It is so secret that I don't even know what it is. Like, I want to do, like, you know, like, you know, how you guys do, like, handstands or something yes. uber cool. I have, like,
0: nothing. Okay, we we have got to teach Michelle how to do handstands because I am sure that you yes. would do one. Okay, so good. I often say, I haven't shared this on any podcast episodes yet, but my wannabe secret talent, it's not. All right. I really, really, really wish I could do spoken word. Get out. Okay. You know what? You're going to do it. I, okay. Every time I say that to someone, they say like, you should just do it. And I'm like, I, I think you really have to be good at it. I don't, I no. really
1: don't think I could. Uh-uh. You know what? I'm confident that you can because of just how when you talk, I'm telling you, you can do it, but you just can't compare yourself to somebody else that you put on a pedestal in terms of the way that they do it. You just got to do it. Okay. Please do it. Please do it.
0: I, I might try it one time in like a locked room by myself and I'll let you know how it goes. There you go. I'm
1: here for it. I'm rooting for you already. Okay. I'll send it to just you.
0: <laughs> I love it. I'm excited. Okay. <laughs> What is your favorite lipstick? I feel like you are a lipstick girl for sure.
1: Girl, I have a favorite lipstick that has, that is like the best, like ever, because it has an incredible story. It is by The Lip Bar and it's called Boss Lady. Oh my gosh. And it's not spelled like B-O-S-S, it's B-A-W-S-E. And the reason why people have to go buy one of their lipsticks is not because it's vegan and all those kind of things and it has beautiful colors, but because when she was starting out, her name is Melissa Butler, she went on Shark Tank and I remember that episode and they heckle heckle her and told her that if this had no this had zero chances of being a business and the bigger companies will crush her like a cockroach do you wow. know that she is now she stayed kept her head in the game and remembered her dream and her vision and she is now in over 450 targets around the country Wow and it is a bomb. When I say a bomb lipstick as a Brown girl, I had a complex about wearing red lips. And so I just felt like, you know, there's just different issues that I had growing up. And so I never wore red lipstick ever. I reserved that for everybody else except for me. And so when she came out with this color, there's a woman named my teal that I follow and my posted about this color and my is like my complexion. I'm like, that is a bomb color and so I went to go find it I got it and tried it on it feels amazing and I feel so good it is what I tap into when I need to feel a bit fierce I throw on my lip bar boss lady so that is my favorite lipstick I'm
0: gonna go look it up I love that I love hearing her story that's amazing okay so good well, friend, I, I hope that this is just your very first time on this podcast and we can get you back on here because I know women are going to be so encouraged and so inspired by what you have to share. Thank you so much for taking the time and just being honest and vulnerable and talking about the real and the great and the hard and the lipstick, too.
1: <laughs> thank you for the opportunity. This has been great.
0: All right. Thank you, friend.
1: All right. Thanks so much, Jeff.
0: that interview with my friend Michelle. She is real and amazing and incredible and I love how she is letting God use what she's got. Here's my encouragement to you. I want you to think about the people who would miss out if you held back. I think about Michelle and how she said, this is what I've got. Maybe it's not a lot, but I'll share what I've got. I'll share these followers. I'll share my voice and ended up really being a huge change agent and a blessing in someone else's life. I wonder what would have happened if she had thought about what she didn't have, if she had spent time thinking about how she didn't have a car or how she didn't have enough followers or how she wasn't where she wanted to be yet. I want to invite you to just hold for a minute the idea of how blessed you are, how generous he's been with you, and maybe just ask him, what can I do with what you've given me for the good of others? This is how we go and tell the good news of Jesus. This is how he changed the world, using what we've got for his glory and the good of others. Let's go.